Welcome to today's 10 with Ben podcast about real estate in the new, in the new world. Uh, so much has happened here in the first three months of the year, and commercial real estate is really heating up. I'm really excited about today's guest, Michelle Jones of Shive Hattery. Shive Hattery is one of the premier architecture firms in Chicago and the Midwest. Michelle is the director of interiors and a super talented architect. Uh, without further ado, uh, welcome to the show, Michelle. Thanks so much for having me. Happy uh, to be here. Yeah, well, before we jump in, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and how you originally got into architecture and design? Well, amazingly, I've been doing this for about 20 years now, which feels like a blink since I started. Um, I got into it initially because I love the idea of creating something you know that was in my mind and bringing it to real life. Um, I think that was kind of the, the young version of me thinking like, oh, I can create art. Yeah. Um, but what's kept me in the industry is I think how many facets there are to it. And you know, learning about different people's businesses, always learning about construction. So I think what keeps me going on a daily basis is just that continual learning and growing, um, learning new things about businesses, learning new things about workplace strategy, um, always trying to figure out how do we do the next project better. Sure. Have you always been with Shive Hattery? No, um, I've been with two other firms. I started my career at a real small um, mom and pop kind of architecture firm, mm -hmm. which was fun to kind of get thrown into the fire, if you will. Yep. And then I was with Wright Harum Architects here in Chicago for a number of years Great. before I came to Shive. Great. Well, uh, I'll tell you, as, a, as an office broker, uh, architects are such an important part of our uh, team. Mm -hmm. And in fact, I couldn't do it without you architects, right? <laughs> and I think it's so important to know that, uh, you know, when you're going into a deal that you have a good team put together. And so I'm curious from, from your standpoint, when would be the best time for a tenant to bring an architect into the into the team as part of uh, you know looking for space and, and designing space. Well, I appreciate that that team um, mentality because we couldn't agree more. Um, it's all about a team and bringing different skill sets to the table. Mm -hmm. So I would recommend as early as possible. Um, in particular, now um, kind of in this new kind of post COVID or, or hopefully post COVID era, everybody is kind of wondering what do I build, how do I, how do I change my workplace strategies. Sure. So I think having those conversations, even ahead of looking for a particular building or space, is really important because that helps in the search. Um, we also like to be part of the search in looking at buildings because I think we bring a little bit different eye and perspective. Sure. So, you know, while your team is really well versed in kind of the deals and the building, all of that, when we look at a space and what a client's told us they're looking for, um, we might be able to see something different. Um, so I, I think that team approach and making sure that you get information from everywhere just helps um, all the way around. Yeah, that totally makes sense. And in fact, uh, I'm happy that you said kind of the vision because mm -hmm. uh, the designing and the vision, I have, I, I struggle with that. <laughs> I can tell you what they want, but the actual putting it on paper um, that you guys do is, is so amazing. And even when you start layering it with like the different, the colors and I mean, it, it's amazing. Yeah. Well, and, and that's, I think the fun part today because there's so many parts and pieces to the puzzle, right? And, and it's really the translation. And, and right now, I think it's a little more complicated because beyond the aesthetics of, you know, how it looks, how it feels, those types of things, which are clearly very important, there's so many other parts and pieces that are going into what is an office? Mm -hmm. You know, how are we going to use it? You know, what is the strategy? How are we allocating space yeah, sure. more now than ever? Yeah, for sure. Actually, it, it's funny. 
I was thinking about this and mm -hmm. like even like jumping ahead a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. So here we are, I, I'd like to say we're coming out of COVID, right? Mm -hmm. These last two plus years has been really crazy. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden we're like, okay, you know, it's gotten kind of busy, right? The, a lot of groups are starting to, you know, kick some tires where that's different because for the last year and a half, it's more like, no, 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 we're not sure. And so here we are. And what would you say, like, what's, what's changed? Like, how are groups looking at uh, des design differently? Mm -hmm. And even more so, I, like, I feel that everyone's now talking about the office is here to stay, our mm -hmm. people are coming back, and so that's all great. But so the, the challenge is, what are you building for them, and how are you designing it? What are you hearing, and what are you doing? Um, all of that, yes, and I also feel the momentum. We are very busy um, where the like the last two years, as I'm sure you're, you know, it's been lease extensions. It's been kind of kick the can down the yeah. road. Let's, let's see how this comes out. But now I think people are ready to move forward, and, and we are building a lot. Yeah. Um, but we're also studying a lot. Um, what we're seeing changing is really spa space allocation. I would agree that um, the office is here to stay, and never been more of an important kind of tool in the toolkit for yeah. organizations um, on how they attract talent, talent, retain talent, all of those things. Um, but I think what's most important to look at of, as we look forward of what goes into an office, what do we build? We look at maybe over the past two years, what hasn't worked, mm -hmm. right? Um, so there's a part of the population that enjoys being in the office, right? Sure. And so giving them a place, as well as if you think of some of the younger generation that maybe they don't have a, a full home office and, you know, a, a great spot to work. They're renting an apartment. So you, you need to provide a space for those type of people. But I think the research is showing us more and more what's really important for the office to provide is um, experience. It's mentoring, I think, has been lacking. I think effective meetings have been lacking in, in genuine connection, right? Okay. And I think there's a, a difference between business continuity, where we've all been, you know, going along, doing well, versus uh, performing at your top level and peak. And so I think kind of that connection, that collegiality, um, culture, all of that has been lacking. And so I see the office as this really important tool of how do you bring people back together? Um, I think it also ties back into, you know, we've been hearing about the Great Reset and, you know, resignation of staff. And every organization we talk to, their top priority is staff. Talent, keeping them as well as attracting them. Okay. And so I think that that creating culture, creating something to belong to, um, there's a really important part of that in a physical office and where you bring people together. So tell me, I mean, that, that all sounds great. Mm -hmm. How do you do that? Like, what are some things that you actually, all of a sudden you're like, this is going to do it. Yeah. All my people are going to want to come back. Like, is there something specific or is it more case by case? I think that anybody that tells you they have the perfect, you know, this is what works, it, it, it's not, not so, right? Um, and I think what we have to do is kind of be in this permanent beta for a couple of years in mm -hmm. piloting and testing. What we are doing and what we're seeing um, working and, and starting to test is um, a little bit less space for private offices and individual workstations. Okay. And even some of the most hierarchical companies before that would have said, I need a dedicated office, I need a dedicated workstation, um, they're going into more of a hoteling or a, a free address type of works 
a strategy. And that means that it's not one specific office for an individual. It's a it's just I can share. Yeah. I can share. And whether that's on a schedule, whether it's on a checkout program, sure. there are some groups and pockets of people that, of course, they're going they're in every day. They should have a dedicated yeah. office. Um, but what's happening is that doesn't mean that everything goes away. It's you're reallocating space. So because of your you're gaining efficiency with some of the the shared, um, we're putting it back into how do we create effective meeting spaces? Mm -hmm. How do you create team rooms that are tech-enabled that you can Zoom across the country or with people that are working other places or bring people together? And I think the other thing that we're seeing both in individual office space as well as if you start to look on the building side is the amenity spaces, right? So these social hubs, these work cafes, um, they're really important in that creating community, creating experience, and bringing people together. So I think we're, we're starting to see more and more of those um, integrated throughout space. Yeah, okay, that's great. It, the, the thing that I've, I've struggled with a little bit, mm-hmm. a lot of clients will ask me, what are the best practices? Mm-hmm. They'll say, you know, what's everybody else doing? And what I found over the last couple of years is no, not one group is doing it the same, nope. but some of the things that you're saying right now, I think are gonna come out as best practices, you yeah. know, but we don't know that yet, right? So as an example, I talked to a group, um, you know, in the last couple of weeks, they said, we can't build a new space because we don't know what the next space for five years from now is gonna look like. How would you, how do you respond to that? Well, I think best practices are taking a process that is individualized mm-hmm. and not just looking at it as, you know, I think, Pre-COVID, it, it was, here's our program, fit me in the box, right? You know, this is the stuff we need. That's not the conversation anymore. And so I think it's it's really having a integrated conversation with IT, with HR, with real estate, and then leadership coming up with the strategies of how they work, how we're physically going to use the space. And, you know, people think that space is intuitive, that we'll build it and they'll come. No, I think more and more there needs to be programs and thought put into how are we going to use it? Does that mean there's a schedule of when people are coming in? Does that mean there's partnership days where a team is all coming and meeting, um, mentoring? It's just because you're telling people I don't necessarily have to be, you know, chained at my desk from nine to five, which I think I have not seen many organizations say that. Um, it's it's a flex of how do we how do we change the program, listening to what talent wants, but then also being efficient in our space and coming up with a program that integrates all of those categories. Um, and I think that fits the culture. There is no perfect, you know, here's the magic bullet, do this and it'll work. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it has to be individualized. Sure, sure. I, I think that's on an industry level too, right? So that's the thing. Like everyone's like, oh, well, there's a lot going on, like, you know, with tech and tech's coming back. Mm-hmm. I would say that I don't know that there's one industry necessarily that has uh, embraced the we're back and this is how we're doing it more than others but that every industry is trying to figure it out at the same time and that some companies have been smarter about it or even mm-hmm. they've gotten ahead of it. Yep. But all of a sudden, and that's the thing, you know, and I've noticed this, that, and I've actually, and I've said this too, that there's gonna, you need a few larger groups to say, we're, we're back in, mm-hmm. and then other groups are following. Mm-hmm. And we're already seeing that. And I think it was just a matter of getting comfortable with this, yeah. you know, with, with COVID and where yeah. we are in, in, in that, if you will, the pandemic versus the endemic, and then all of a sudden, like, 
oh yeah, by the way, this is what the downtown office looks like, and it's great. Like I'm so happy to be here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't know. Yeah, that's my that's my opinion. But I also think that it's it's good for everybody. I think it's actually an exciting time, to be honest. I'm really optimistic. um, And I would agree with you on it's not industry specific. I have been very surprised at, you know, law firms of all people who I would have thought being the most hierarchical, I've really seen embracing some of this more flexible um, workspace where some of our tech clients are a little bit more we want to bring people in because we feel like we've been lacking in that um, spontaneous and ingenuity and creativity. Sure. And so it's been a real mix, and, and that's where I think it is not industry specific. But I think the most the most important thing is to look at it as an opportunity. How do you use this to create a competitive advantage for your organization? Mm-hmm. How do you start to look at you know what you're providing for your staff? And use it as a competitive advantage um, for you know attracting, retaining talent, creating experience, as well as doing the business that is your business. So I'm very optimistic. Yeah, no, that that all that all sounds good. Actually, as you're talking, it's like what I'm thinking about is wow, like you're as a as an industry, the architecture industry. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think that some uh, companies might think like, oh, we'll bring them in for design and mm-hmm. to help us shape this. You're now thinking about a lot of different things related to just work and culture and all these things that, you know, they should bring you in a lot earlier, right? <laughs> well, I think that's what workplace strategy is all about. Yeah. Um, and I think it's even more important today. And, and we are doing that for a lot of organizations because everybody is grappling with these same questions. Um, and there is no perfect approach. Um, and so you really need to bring all of those different players to the table because I like to think of it as a kind of a choose your own adventure because yeah. there's trade-offs, right? And if you if you if you say we're going to do this, then you're going to make some people unhappy or vice versa. And so it's really kind of going through trade-offs of how you work, where you work, what the programs are. Do you have the tech to support it? Um, all of those types of things, how that goes into kind of culture and in the business. So a lot of moving parts and pieces. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. I do. I have one other question for you. You know, the, the we talked for a while, not you and I, but the, mm-hmm. just in general, the industry, this like amenity arms race, mm-hmm. right? Like every building, it's like, what are they going to do next to make it more, um, you know, hospitality feel, like make it comfortable? You know, what are you, what are you seeing? And I'm just, I'm curious also how that blends into uh, a tenant's thinking when they're designing their space? I think the amenities arms race has been happening for a while. I think COVID has heightened it um, because of that idea of community and bringing people together. Um, What you're seeing a lot of the real large organizations do is start to look at user experience. Mm -hmm. And if I were to have kind of a crystal ball of what's the future, I mean, I think we're seeing a shift of consumerism in everything we do on demand with you know uber and you know grubhub and all of those types of apps where i think the office is going to start to be more of an on-demand type of tool where um, both amenity wise at the building but then i think individual organizations having that within their space because i think there's always that balance of 
great they have amenities space here, but I want that to happen within our right, own space, sure. right? So it, it just depends on, I think, the size of the user of what makes sense of, of where you put that. So I would, I would say that we'd start to see more kind of on-demand using things as they're needed and flexibility, agileness, um, and, and those spaces for community. Sure, sure. Yeah, actually, I, I noticed I had a group that um, went into a building mm -hmm. or is going into a building that they weren't even that concerned about the their space in terms of numbers. Mm -hmm. And what this company does, and I know I'm kind of going all over the place here, mm -hmm. but they have a number of offices. And so um, different people come into Chicago at different times to work in the office. Mm -hmm. And he said, it doesn't matter, you know, if there's 50 people here and my office can only accommodate 40, there's so many other places in the building mm -hmm. that they could touch down and work yeah. that they don't have to be in my in the office working. Mm -hmm. And so I found that so interesting. And actually, when we're out touring spaces, that was a really big component. They said, oh, hold on a second. So they can work in the reception of the building, or they mm -hmm. can work in the conference center of the building, or they can work up in my space. They're like, that's fine, because the number of times that you know, at capacity were 50 people, that all 50 are actually gonna be here, it might be once or twice a year. And so again, like, you know, I go back even five, 10 years ago, no one would even no. ever have thought of that. Like, what? No, they have to be in the office. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's, it's, it's so nice to have these things now. And from a company standpoint, it's like, this is great, right? Like, it's just an extension of office. Yep, and, and I think it starts to be more acceptable to do that, where I agree, a couple of years ago, people would be like, I'm not gonna go to the building conference center. Like, right. wh why would right. I do that? Yeah. Where now you start to see all of these spaces as options and opportunities, and you're looking at what's the task at hand, what's the best space to accommodate what I have to do. Yep. Yep. So, I agree. Well, Michelle, this, is, this has been really great. Thanks, thanks so much for joining us today. And our, our listeners, are, I think they have so much to think about just based on uh, what, what, you've, what you've provided. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Uh, well, that does it for us. Thanks for listening to this week's 10 with Ben. As always, if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to me at 773-562-5263 or by email at B-A-Z-U-L-A-Y at bradfordallen.com. Thanks again, and until next time, stay safe.